Yes, friend. We're recording again. Yes, we are. I hope everyone had a good Mother's Day. Will yes. This be before? Okay. No way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. How was your Mother's What did you do for Mother's Day? I don't think I even asked. We went to church and then went out to breakfast to the best breakfast I've had in probably, I don't know, maybe forever. No, where'd you go? It's called BS Cafe. <gasps> I be In uh, Clovis. Have you eaten there? Oh, yes, I have. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I'm not going to, I don't know what to say. It was so good. And yeah. me and Jeff split something. Oh, chicken fried steak. <gasps> With the egg, uh, egg over easy. And it really is called the BS Cafe. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's just like a down-home breakfast. Yeah. A ca- I Karsten got bacon. It's the biggest bacon I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, of course, my oldest paid for it. Oh. Did I already tell you that? No. And I said, look at this. He's maybe finally come full circle. It was very sweet. That's nice. So um, I we were planning on it, but you know, those, that one got it. It was just very nice. Good. Sweet. The food was good. What did I do when I got home? I maybe slept. Good. You know, why not? Mother's Day. Mother's Day. How about you? Mother's Day. <laughs> uh, no, you know what? It's because my birthday was like two days before yeah. Mother's Day. So, yeah. of course, you know, Chris is like, what kind of BS is this? You go straight from a birthday to a Mother's Day. Oh. But um, it was the whole weekend was relaxing. That's good. Yeah, I mean, it was nice. Good. Yeah, it was really nice. Heirloom, maybe? I'm. That's what I was going to guess, because you guys really like heirloom. We do like heirloom. But now I think we're a little burned out, because we've been there a lot. But it was nice, because, you know, the boys are there. and Yeah, it's just the family thing. It, it, in my eyes, we could go to Taco Bell, and it's, yeah. like, it's just being together. Amen. Amen. So it, it was just, it was very nice, very it, relaxing. It is. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you're right. They're just blessings, yes. Then I thought, maybe I can extend it more, because I think uh, Mother's Day in Mexico was a few days ago. Oh. And I was like, can I take advantage of this one, too? He's like, no, you're done. Oh, okay. Yeah, back to normal. Yeah, back to normal. (laughs) Boo-boo. Well, you got a few days in. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, good. So it was very nice. good. I hope everybody had a good Mother's Day. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. There's not much else. School's almost done. It's not hot here yet. Not yet. But it's coming. It is. But that's okay. You start using the pool. Yeah, and we're used to it. It's just our life. I'm not sure we could ever live in the snow or anywhere because we'd probably die. We wouldn't know what to do in snow. At first, I'd be like, look, there's stuff coming from the sky. This is amazing. And then we'd be, well, I know in my house, I'd be like, wait, you know, um, when I open the door, it's a wall of snow. What are we? Is there something that's supposed to happen here? Call nine one one. Are we supposed to move this snow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like does oh. it melt? What's going on? Is there going to be mold? <laughs> because this wood's been wet for so long. <laughs> are what? we supposed to make a tunnel out of the house? Yeah, I would be like, I, am I going to get claustrophobic? <laughs> I just stay in and bake or cook. Yeah. But then who's bringing the supplies? Do they have like Uber, um, 
what is it called? Fast Eats? What is it called here? Like Uber, Uber Eats? Yeah. Do you think they even have that in the snow? Uh, listen, you and I, I would think the whole the whole state would shut down during winter. Me too. But, but I, I would imagine, Amy, that <laughs> life goes on <laughs> like normal in snow. Yeah. I don't know how. But it does. It must. Yeah, it has to. Because I would be like, it's snowing. We why get in here? You can't go to your job. You what are you doing? Of course, you know. Yeah, that means all the snows where there, all the states where there's snow, they'd be living like cannibals. Yeah, they'd have. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, yeah. So we'll stay here. I'm gonna. I we'll would, take our chances with earthquakes. Yeah, and the heat. Yeah. If it was, if I opened the door or I couldn't look out, it was just a thing of snow i i'd be dead i'd say just take me now i wonder well see but this is coming from from like a non-snow person i I wonder if it gets depressing after a while i bet you because remember the people in oregon no what happened to the people in oregon the people in oregon now i'm not judging anybody i just had a friend that lives there they said it's so gloomy all the time some people get so depressed like i can't remember what it's called but I mean, like, major depression. Because, mm. you know, the sun's never shining. Mm. Or it's raining, or... I, I wonder if you do. Yeah, I don't know. But see, then... But then on the flip side, I wonder, well, if you're born and raised in it, you're used to it. Yeah. I don't know. If you're born and raised, maybe a person that's going to it, though, I don't know if we could make it, Robin. Oh, no. I used to want to live in the snow, and now I think... Who in the heavens? <laughs> because, of course, we'd be the one doing the uh, whatever. Like a shovel? Yeah. or I guess they use I'd a shovel. i pour hot water on it. That's probably such the wrong thing to do. I don't know. I guess you shovel. Isn't there salt involved in I, some I way? I think so. And then there's a machine that goes like that, remember? <laughs> like, a, like a lawnmower without a catcher. It just blows the snow. Oh, a snowblower? No. Oh. It chops it up. The My snow? My mother-in-law had one up oh. at the cabin. Oh. It looked like a lawnmower, except it had these wild teeth. Oh, okay. And she, they just go, chun, chun, chun. <laughs> so, I don't know. Because, in my eyes, it's like, wait, you drive in that? I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. You go out of the house in that. Every day? Yeah, like, I don't know what to say. Mm. Well, Jeff had an interview in Oregon. Oh. And, well, actually, Washington, right across. Mm -hmm. And we go up to the school. It was raining crazy. So we're driving up to the school for his interview, and every child is out practicing a sport. And we're like, are these people cuckoo? get inside yeah get in this downpour is gonna take you but i guess it, the principal told him it rains so much here yeah that there we don't have a choice yeah we're all so used to it yeah of course we have one drop and we think a monsoon's coming oh we're done get inside yeah get inside. it's sprinkling yeah you better get in there you're gonna catch a major cold uh, i'm so done with him how we got on snow? I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. Yeah. Or like if it's snowing in April, if it's snowing now, <laughs> what is going on? 
All right, would you like to start us in prayer? Of course. Lord, I know you are with me and love me. Give me peace of mind as I prepare for this time of study. Help me to focus on my books and notes. Keep me from all distractions so that I will make the best use of this time that is available to me. Give me insight that I might understand what I am studying and help me to remember it when the time comes. Above all, I thank you for the ability to be able to study and for the many gifts and talents that you have given me. Help me always to use them in such a way that they honor you and do justice to myself. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Okay, we are on 2 Samuel chapters 21 through 24. Let's recap uh, 2 Samuel chapters 15 through 20. Absalom started a rebellion against his father, King David. Um, David and his household fled Jerusalem to save their lives and the people as well. During battle, Absalom got his hair caught on low branches. Joab stabbed him with daggers and was then killed by armor bearers. King David was very emotional to learn of the death of his son. A man named Sheba greatly disliked David and wanted to take him down. And then we had the woman who intervened during the search for Sheba, asking Joab why so much destruction was brought to their town. And upon learning the violence would end if Sheba was brought to him, Sheba's head was thrown over to Joab. That's it for that. Yeah, did you have anything you wanted to add? No. No, that was it. Okay. So 2 Samuel chapter 21, verses 1 through 14, we start with a three-year famine sent by the Lord. And in verse 1, in part, it said, Because Saul and his family are guilty of murdering the Gibeonites... Um, The king had asked the Gibeonites how he could make things right, and they asked to execute seven of Saul's sons before the Lord. Everyone followed the the Lord's orders, and then the the famine eventually ended. But gosh. I know. Did you have any notes you wanted to read for there? I do. Although the Bible does not record Saul's act of vengeance against the Gibeonites, it was apparently a serious crime, making him guilty of their blood. Still, why were Saul's Saul's sons killed for the murders their father committed? In many Near Eastern cultures, including Israel's, an entire family was held guilty for the crime of the father because the family was considered an indissoluble unit. Saul broke the vow that the Israelites had made to the Gibeonites. This was a serious offense against God's law. Either David was following the custom of treating the family as a unit, or Saul's sons were guilty of helping Saul kill the Gibeonites. Mm. It seems extreme to us now, but that's the way it was back then. Yes, absolutely. And I I think we're going to see it again in this reading. Yeah. Where the head of the household is is responsible kind of for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else for there? No. Okay, so chapter 21, verses 15 through 22, and then the parallel, which was First Chronicles chapter 20, verses 4 through 8, 
uh, both sets were really similar to each other. We learn about several battles between the Israelites and the Philistines, many of them being descendants of giants. Yes. I didn't really have anything for, for either one of those. Did you want to touch upon anything or any notes? Um, let me see if I okay. have anything. No, I don't really have anything either. Okay. Just what you said. It was just yeah. kind of matter of fact. It was talking about different battles yes. they had. Yeah. So moving on to 2 Samuel 22, I enjoyed the verse, it's verse 17, he reached down from heaven and rescued me, he drew me out of deep waters. Yeah. Were there any verses in there that that really stood out to you? It, the um, 32, 31 and 32, God, God's way is perfect, all the Lord's promises prove true, he is a shield for all who look to him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? Mm -hmm. I really like that. And then would you mind reading uh, chapter 22, verses 1 through 4, please? Sure. Um, David sang this song to the Lord on the day the Lord rescued him from all his enemies and from Saul. He sang, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my Savior. God, my God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. He is my refuge, my Savior, the one who saves me from violence. I called on the Lord, who is worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. Just beautiful. It is. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Any notes for that part? Yeah, I have. David was a skilled musician who played his harp for Saul instituted the music program in the temple, and wrote more of the book of Psalms than anyone else. Writing a song like this was not unusual for David. This royal hymn of thanksgiving is almost identical to Psalm 18. You know, that's something. So, I mean, he, he sure, he sinned, but he, he pretty much relied on God. He went to God um, with decisions, a warrior, and he wrote these psalms. Beautiful. Yeah. And we all will sin, but we have to repent, you know. Yes. Repentance, and um, we have to remember that the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, God gave us one piece of the Trinity mm -hmm. that lives in us. Now, that's how much he loves you. Like, I'll tell my mom, do you love me, What you know, or whatever. I go, I would cut my arm off for you. Yeah. He basically, you know, not only his son died, but he left us with a piece of him. Yeah. That lives inside us, and we have to listen to it. Yeah. It will keep you on track. It will. Yeah. The love, you know, we absolutely should be thrown into hell. We do nothing. Yeah. And it, it is, it's such an unconditional love. Because we do horrible things. Yeah. And I can't even imagine in his eyes. Oh. The horrible things we do. Yeah. Yet he looks, as a, looks at us clean. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's so similar. Well, it's not, but in human-wise, how I love my children. Mm-hmm. I'd do anything. In doing the readings and, and the notes and whatnot for this session, this kept popping in my head. So I know kind of the Holy Spirit was saying mm -hmm. this and mentioned this. 
And that's Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Yeah. That's what it takes. Yeah. It, uh, that is beautiful. If you truly believe that and are saved, you won't want to sin. Mm -hmm. You will see a change in it. Yeah. We're always going to sin, but you'll see a change of where you don't want to, and it'll be less. You know, that's my opinion. No, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. You, you will, the transformation will start. Could be fast, could be slow, but there will be a transformation. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anything else for there, Amy? No. Okay, so we move on to the parallel from 2 Samuel 22, which is uh, Psalm 18. And both of them are, are very similar. I mean, they're almost identical. Yeah. The author was David, and the theme, gratitude for deliverance and victory. The only sure way to be delivered from surrounding evil is to call upon God for help and strength. There were a lot of great verses and notes in this section. Yes. Were there any verses that stood out to you? I, there's so many. Yeah, there really are. Um, I really love 25, to the faithful you show yourself faithful, to those with integrity you show integrity, to the pure you show yourself pure, but to the wicked you show yourself hostile. I don't know why I like that, but I did. <laughs> that one stands out to you. Yeah, it just does, yes. I don't know why, but it does. Um, there uh, there were a lot of great notes. Did you? Were there any notes that you wanted to go over? I do, but it's from the for, from the other one, but it, it still is because they're so much alike. Go ahead, yeah, whatever. It says, David praises God wholeheartedly. Praise is not just a song about God. It is a song to God. In this song, David uses many word pictures such as rock, light, and shield to portray God's marvelous attributes. Praising God has several aspects to it. When we praise God, we say thank you to him for each attribute of his divine nature. As you read the Bible, look for other characteristics of God which to thank him for. Focus on our hearts on God. Take one attribute of God, such as his mercy, then concentrate on it for an entire week in your meditation and prayer. Thank God for his many gracious gifts to us. Make a list and count your blessings. Thank God for our relationship with him. Through Christ you have been given the gift of salvation. Tell God afresh how much you appreciate it. That's a wonderful thing to do is... Take one attribute of God, such as his mercy, and then concentrate on just that. Well, not just that, but concentrate on that for an entire week in meditation and prayer. Mm -hmm. That would be neat to do. Yes. It so would. Uh, there's a book, The Attribute, Attributes of God by R.C. Sproul is very good. Okay. And you could probably find it on YouTube, the preaching of it. Oh, okay. You know, him talking about them all. That is so good. Mm-hmm. It, it's a good one. And he's a trustworthy Christian. He has passed now. but mm -hmm. Now, going to Psalm 18, did you have any notes for there or any further notes for uh, 22? Um, I had, let me find it. 
God's protection of his people is limitless and can take many forms. David characterized God's care with five military symbols. God is like a rock that can't be moved by any who would harm us, a fortress or place of safety where the enemy can't follow, a shield that comes between us and harm, power that saves, a symbol of might that can save us, and a place of safety high above our enemies. If you need protection, look to God. So, um, rock, fortress, shield, his power, and he's a place. Wow. I, I really like that, you know? Yeah, that's good. Yes. And there's, I, I want to say there's a little chart in the Bible. In one of those pa- on one of those pages where it lists all these descriptors of, of God. Yeah. I should make a photocopy of that and put it on the Facebook page. Okay. Yeah. Here's one. Yeah. What's what's that one? It say? says, um, David reveals truths about God in his song of praise. The Lord is my. And it says, rock, fortress, saver, protection, shield, power that saves, place of set, safety, refuge, and lamp. Mm. And then he is saving, worthy of praise, hearing angry against enemies, rescuing, rewarding, seeing, faithful, showing, revealing himself, shrewd, powerful, strong, perfect, pure, flawless, shielding us from enemies, giving, gentle, preserving, living. Gosh, I know. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Anything else for 22? No. Okay. For, I'll start off, I, I just, the notes for Psalm 18, Yes, I loved. The first one is regarding Psalm 18, verse 13, which says, The Lord thundered from heaven, the voice of the Most High resounded amid the hail and burning coals. And then the note said, The Most High was an important designation for David to make. Pagan idol worship was deeply rooted in the land, and each region had its own deity. But these images of wood and stone were powerless. David was placing the Lord alone in a superior category. He is by far the most high. Mm, Beautiful. Did you have anything? I just had what I told you, so go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, The next one was regarding Psalm 1816, which reads, He reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters, which alone is beautiful. I know. I love that. And then the note says, Do your troubles like deep waters threaten to drown you? David, helpless and weak, knew that God alone had rescued him from his enemies when he was defenseless. When you wish that God would quickly rescue you from your troubles, remember that he can either deliver you or be your support as you go through them. Either way, his protection is best for you. When you feel as though you're drowning in troubles, ask God to help you hold you steady, and protect you in his care, you are never helpless. Hmm. I love that. I highlighted that part. Remember, he can either deliver you or be your support. So he's going to be there. Yeah. He's not leaving you. No. Yeah. I like that. I have more. Do you want me to keep going? Sure. Okay. And then regarding Psalm 1830, which says, God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. So there's the shield again. Yes. The note says, some people 
think that belief in God is a crutch for weak people who cannot make it on their own. It's not. Uh, but reading on, God is indeed a shield to protect us when we are too weak to face certain trials by ourselves. But he does not want us to remain weak. He strengthens, protects, and guides us in order to send us back into an evil world to fight for him. Then he continues to work with us because the strongest person on earth is infinitely weaker than God and needs his help. David was not a coward. He was a mighty warrior who, even with all his armies and weapons, knew that only God could ultimately protect and save him. Gosh, that's beautiful. Yes. Isn't it? He strengthens, protects, and guides us in order to send us back into an evil world to fight for him. Yeah. He wants us to be strong. He doesn't want us to be weak. There will be weak times, yeah. but he doesn't want us to stay there. No. He wants us to learn and grow and become stronger. Yes. Beautiful. Uh, anything else, Amy? That's all. No. Okay, so moving on to Second Samuel, chapter 24, verses 1 through 9. And in verse 1, it says, Once again, the anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he caused David to harm them by taking a census. Go and count the people of Israel and Judah, the Lord told him. This section, I'm really glad we, we have notes. Yeah. Because I think on its own, I was having a hard time understanding what was going on, but yeah. the notes helped. Yes, they do. Joab didn't understand why the king pushed for the census, but one was taken in Israel for over nine months to determine how many soldiers were available. Um, did you have notes for that part? Yes. Did God cause David to sin? God does not cause people to sin, but he does allow sinners to reveal the sinfulness of their hearts by their actions. God presented the opportunity to David in order to deal with a disastrous national tendency. And he wanted this desire to show itself. According to 1 Chronicles 21 verses 1, Satan incited David to do it. Hebrew writers do not always distinguish between primary and secondary causes. So if God allowed Satan to tempt David, to them it is as good as if God did it. Mm. David's sin was pride and ambitious in counting the people so that he could glory in the size of his army, its power and its defenses. He didn't rely on God. No. He just, yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, any other notes for there? No. Yeah, it had said in the other note, uh, the land was now at peace, so there was no need to enlist troops. Yeah. And David's sin was, like you said, pride and ambition in counting the people so he, that he could glory in the size of his army. Yeah. By doing this, he put his faith in the size of his army rather than in God's ability. Yeah. And then with the first Chronicles, it, it says what Satan did, you know, on the next page. I don't know. Yeah. Would you mind reading? It said, Satan rose up against Israel and caused David to take a census of the people of Israel. So David said to Joab and the commanders of the army, Take a census of all the people of Israel, from Beersheba in the south to Dan in the north, and bring me a report so I may know how many of them they are. So in um, 
the verse in Samuel, we just kind of, we always get just kind of the basics yeah. in Samuel, but in Chronicles. That is, no. Yeah, it, we always get a little bit more detail. Yeah. And there it specifically said that Satan rose up. Yeah. And caused him to do that. Yeah. And it said in our notes, ever since the Garden of Eden, Satan has been tempting people to sin. David's census was not against God's law, but his reason was. Because yeah. Satan can't actually, he doesn't have the power to make you physically do it. Like mm -hmm. he's, but he'll incite you, and he'll he, tempt you. And he knows your patterns and, you know. Mm -hmm. Anything else for First Chronicles there? No. Okay, moving to 2 Samuel chapter 24, verses 10 through 17. David's conscience bothered him after the census was taken, so he asked the Lord for forgiveness. And the Lord told the prophet Gad that David must choose one of three punishments. So the first one was three years of famine in the land. The second was three months of fleeing his enemies. Or the third was three days of a severe plague in the land. King David chose the three-day plague, which killed 70,000 people. And the Lord instructed the angel of death to stop while uh, while standing by the threshing floor of Arana. Is that how you say that? Arana? I believe so. The Jebusite. Did you have a note for there? Um, I have. God gave him three choices. Each was a form of punishment God had told the people they could expect if they disobeyed his laws. They already knew. So they they already knew one of these would happen. Mm. Plague, famine, war. David wisely chose the form of punishment that came mostly directly from God. He knew how brutal and harsh men in war could be, and he also knew God's great mercy. When you sin greatly, turn back to God. To be punished by him is far better than to take your chances without him. Okay, so moving to the parallel verse, which is First Chronicles chapter 21, verses 7 through 17. And like we mentioned, the, these verses go into a little bit more detail. Yes. 21, 16. David looked up and saw the angel of the Lord standing between heaven and earth with his sword drawn, reaching out over Jerusalem. So David and the leaders of Israel put on burlap to show their deep distress and fell face down on the ground. I love the visuals of that. Me it, too. It gives us a little bit more. Yes. And really the rest of the uh the rest of those verses were were pretty much the same. It's just that we got a lot a lot more detail yes. right there. Yeah. Uh any notes for there? I don't. Really the the only note dealt with um kind of going through it again like why why were other people punished? For one, you know, one person's sin, right? And we had talked about that before. Yes. Um, in ancient times, the family leaders, tribal leaders, and kings represented the people they led, and all expected to share in their successes as well as in their failures and punishments. David deserved punishment for his sin, but his death could have resulted in political chaos and invasion by enemy armies, leaving hundreds of thousands dead. Instead, God gracious, graciously spared David's life. He also put a stop to the plague so that most of the people of Jerusalem were spared. Whether we think it's fair or not, the group usually suffers because of the sins of its leaders. Mm -hmm. 
Anything else? No. Okay, so 2 Samuel chapter 24, verses 18 through 25. You want me to read the first one? Yeah, please. That day Gad came to David and said to him, Go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arana, Arana the Jebusite. And David did. He paid Arana for, for the threshing floor. Yeah. Verse uh, 25, David built an altar there to the Lord and sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the Lord answered his prayer for the land. And then the, the plague on Israel was stopped. Yeah. Did you have any notes for that part? I do. Um, many believe that this threshing floor where David built the altar is the location where Abraham nearly sacrificed his son Isaac. After David's death, Solomon built the temple on this spot. Centuries later, Jesus would teach and preach here. Now, that's amazing. Um, All of those things. It's just beautiful. Abraham and Isaac, then Solomon's going to build the temple there, and Jesus would teach there. Very special spot. Yes. Yeah. Anything else? Um, I have the book of Second Samuel describes David's reign. Since the Israelites full first entered the promised land under Joshua, they had been struggling to unite the nation and drive out the wicked inhabitants. Now, after more than 400 years, Israel was finally at peace. David has had accomplished what no leader before him, judge or king, had done. His administration was run on the principle of dedication to God and the well-being of the people. Yet David also sinned. Despite his sins, the Bible calls David a man after God's own heart. Because when he sinned, he recognized it and confessed his sins to God. David committed his life to God and remained loyal to him throughout his lifetime. David's psalms give an even deeper insight into his love for God. Those psalms are beautiful. I know. Okay, so moving on to the parallel verses, 1 Chronicles chapter 21, verses 18 through 22, 1. And then, you know, once again, we get a little bit more description in 1 Chronicles. And Amy, would you please read verses 26 and 27? David built an altar there to the Lord and sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And when David prayed, the Lord answered him by sending five fire from heaven to burn up the offering on the altar. Then the Lord spoke to the angel who put the sword back into its sheath. Could you imagine that? Oh, just beautiful. Gosh. And really, you know, that, that was about, did you have any notes? Uh, let's see. I just have, um, David wanted to present an offering or sacrifice to God. An offering should cost the giver in terms of self, time, or money. To give sacrificially requires more than a token, effort, or gift. God wants us to give voluntarily, but he wants it to mean something. Giving to God what costs you nothing does not just demonstrate commitment. Hmm. I had a note there, which it, it's something good to remember. So out of David's tragic mistake came the purchase of a plot of land that would become the site of God's temple the symbol of God's presence among his people. Every time the people would go to the temple, they would remember that God was their true king and that everyone, including their human king, was fallible and subject to sin. God can use our sins for good purposes if we are sorry for them and seek his forgiveness. 
when we confess our sins, the way is opened for God to bring good from a bad situation. Yeah. So, yes, bad things can happen, but good can come from it. Yes. That's that's what he wants to come from it. Yeah. Yeah. Amy, that's all I had. Okay. Well, did you have anything else you wanted to no, touch upon? Um, the only thing I want to touch upon is where it said, um, let me find it, mm -hmm. about when David sinned, he recognized it and confessed his sins to God. How important that is. How important it is to be repent, repent because mm -hmm. I think a lot of folks are good with God when times are good. Mm-hmm. And then when they sin, they kind of want to want to um, not talk to him or kind of be ashamed or like, oh, but he sees it. And he, he loves you and just wants you to ask, you know, repent. And we're showing we one thing we can be sure we're on the right road with God is the fruits, the fruits we produce. If we're just hiding away, mm -hmm. that's not, you know. That's not a good fruit coming out of you. Mm -hmm. I hope that makes sense. That's all I wanted to say. No. And, you know, the th we all have to remember, God sees everything. He knows everything. So it's not like you're going to hide. Yeah, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Have your eyes focused on heaven. Mm -hmm. And this place is evil, but, but yet... If you're, you know, this is only a blip in your, in your path. Mm -hmm. If you're a believer of the Lord, mm -hmm. I went through a major trial recently. My husband and I, with his work, and I was reading, and it said, "Thank God for your trials. Thank Him. They're, they're just another blessing." And I did that, and I felt so much better. Like, all of it is for the good of us. You know, like, it's for the good of God, but he doesn't want evil on us. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's going to, oh, I'm going to um, ask for forgiveness. Boy, am I going to be having my arm cut off. You know what I mean? It's a yeah. good thing. Yeah. And if we can take time for anyone, it should be the Lord. Sure. Yeah, because that makes you... The person you're to be in his eyes and better for your family and pointing people towards him. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Thank you for sharing oh, thank that. You. That's that it's all so important. It is. It's important to you know, point people to him also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just you know. Yeah. Do you know maybe this was just me, but I don't know. I'm gonna run this by you. Have you noticed more people like out in the public like once you become closer to god do you notice more people in public doing kind of godly things like maybe they're praying before a meal yes. or, i don't know like do you notice things like I that i think more? you do because you're focused on that mm -hmm. we always notice what we're focused just like when you get a new car that's white you see all the white cars <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I guess so. I never looked at it like yeah, that. Like, yeah, like I think it's what you're focused on at the time. And, you know, and some people, if you bring up the Lord or something, they're going to be negative. And you got to be saying, okay, well, 
we're still going to try again, you know. Yeah. And you don't have to go and say, do you know of the Lord? <laughs> like, just bring it up and, you know. Yeah. And like you said, you know, well, I mean, I'll speak for me. You know, yeah. I'm not walking up to everyone in Walmart saying, have you found the Lord? Right. You know the time, you know, you know when to say something, when maybe to hold back a little bit. Yes, for sure. I'm, I agree with you. But, but don't be fearful of, of, of bringing it up. No. That's that's our job mm-hmm. to bring people to him and treat love our neighbors like ourselves. That's right. You know. That's right. So is that all? That's all from me. Okay. All right. Well let's give out some information then. The email is basic Bible study nineteen at gmail dot com, Facebook dot com slash my basic Bible study, and the website is my basic Bible study dot com. Um, you can find all of the links for the podcasts on the website. And then on the Facebook page, you can find, um, well, a lot of information, but all of the readings that we're, that we're do, currently doing and then next one that's coming up, all of that will be on there. So next time, primarily we're going to be in Chronicles because oh, we finished good. up Second Samuel. Love it. So we have First Chronicles 22, 2 through 19. 1 Chronicles 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28. Then we have 1 Chronicles 29, 1 through 22. 1 Kings chapter 1, 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. 2 Samuel 23, verses 1 through 7. And then finally, 1 Chronicles 29, verses 26 through 30. So we ping-pong around a yes, little bit. Yes, we do. But I love that it's chronological. Me too, and here comes those kings. Yes. Heaven help us. <laughs> and then after we finish with our next session, we go into Psalms. I know. So it's, you know, once again, we're chronological, yeah. um, but Psalms are beautiful. Absolutely. And those people in the snow, God bless you. We meant no disrespect. Oh, no, no. Oh, we're, 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 we're saying God bless you. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I'm not sure we could do it. Oh, no. Let alone get on a ski. Well, do they ski over there? Well, Robin, they have. Well, no, I mean, I'm just thinking like everyday people. Well, cross, maybe that cross-country stuff is that. Like where you're not going up a hill where they just go like this. Where they ski to work? I don't know. That's That seems like a California thing to say. Yeah. We bike ride. People bike ride here or walk to work. Well, that's true. So uh, apparently somebody, they probably all know how to ski. <laughs> just like we all know how to swim. So you're saying people in snow areas don't know how to swim? I guess it's possible, but... I'm sure they do, but, like, their priorities may be learning to ski. (laughs) Maybe. You know, like, you see those three-year-olds on skis? They're probably from somewhere where there's snow. Yeah. You know. But, you know, God bless you. Well, we're in awe. I, I really am. I just... For some reason, I have it stuck in my head that I wouldn't know, like, that you have to scoop away snow right. from your house. And really, there would be, like, there would be, like, an igloo over my house 
and people would probably be like, "What is? Is that woman dead in there? Yeah. Why hasn't? She, why has? How come no one's like? <laughs> how come no one's shoveled snow away from that house?" I'd be like, "I didn't know." <laughs> I'm seeing smoke signals yeah. out from the fireplace. You know, if we ever go visit there for two weeks, yeah. or if we ever go, we should go two weeks and literally in the depths of snow. And really say, we got it out of our system. We now know some facts. Yeah. You know, whatever. What do you mean it's four degrees outside? <laughs> oh, here when it's 50-something, we're freezing. Oh. Get the coat. Oh. Get a coat out. I don't know. My son skis, and he does that boogie board or whatever it is. Oh. Uh, where he got that, heaven only knows. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's some Alaskan in there or something. I don't know. I don't know. You really have me thinking about living in snow now. I know. We couldn't do it. Don't get don't get a spur. No, 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 no. Like, I can't even imagine. Because, I, because like, you're born and raised in the snow, you're probably just, like, your inner gauge of temperature yeah. is different than, like, us in California. I'm sure. Because we would go there and be like, I need four layers of this. I need six layers of this. Yeah. I have a friend at church. Now, we are in California, Robin. Yeah. We were having church outside because of COVID. We were having the sister-to-sister groups. She bought a coat thing that had a warmer in it. You'd push these (laughs) buttons. No. (laughs) Which is great. God bless her, but... We don't need that. No. And also, well, it was cold out there, though. We mm. do need it here for Californians. <laughs> yeah. But I was just going to say something. I don't know. We would be freezing. And I imagine everyone has fireplaces that work. Yeah. Oh, I know what I was going to say. When we go up to the snow for the day when the kids were little, yeah. I put Ziploc bags on their feet <laughs> with rubber bands... So their feet wouldn't get wet while they're playing in the snow. I brought an extra thing of clothes, and it's 45 minutes away only. <laughs> you would have thought, I, I don't know. I was like, get in here and get some hot cocoa. Get in the car. We'll turn the heater on. Are there, do you permanent? not permanently, but I imagine, like, you keep, like, snow chains on? Or, or is it snow tires? Maybe. How do we know? I don't, I'm fascinated now. Well, maybe someone could write in to us. Like yeah. a day, this is the day of when, <laughs> this is one day in the life of a snow person. They're probably like, listen up. Yes, life goes on in snow. <laughs> I would be like, bunker down, I'll make some soup. <laughs> I've dreamed about living in Vermont. I told Jeff I want to live in Vermont on you, a farm. You bring up Vermont. I know, I think there's some blood there from me. Vermont might be where I'm supposed to be okay. habitating. Okay. But there's snow there, Robin, I think a lot. Maybe I you're going to spend it. your twilight years in Vermont. I doubt that. Because then I'm old and achy. I'm already achy at 53. Maybe they, I don't want my ashes spread there either because I'll be cold. You're... Not that that's me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want cold ashes. No. Okay. And God forgive me for saying that, Lord Jesus. Please, Lord. I shouldn't have said that, but 
because it's not going to be with me. I'm going to be in the glory of Christ. But is there gonna, there'll probably be snow in heaven, too. Is there? I don't know. Well, I'm sure there's all the seasons. Now, in snow areas, what if, here's another fear. What if you're walking and you didn't know that that's, that, 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 that's water that was that's frozen over? Just say, just yeah. roll with me on this one. You're walking somewhere you don't know, and then you and then you crash through, and you're stuck, and then you die, and you're a popsicle. No one finds you until it summer. Thaws. Yeah. Well, that's possible. Look at all these uh, mammoth mammoth they found from the oh. pickering away. Yeah. He got unthawed, I think. And I'm there's there can't be outside animals. You can't have like an outside dog. No, unless. <laughs> be a popsicle there's no yeah. outside cats i wouldn't think so unless they just how many people have found a dead pet pet like conch oh like yeah gross yeah oh well you know what there's cat there's farms there for god's sake i remember listening to paul washer just recently at our church and he said where did he live where was he from the parents had a farm with cows, and when it was snowing, they would have to take buckets of water, and he wanted to be like his dad so much. He was little, so when his dad walked in the snow to go to the barn, yeah, he would try to get into those footsteps, oh. and he would um, spill all the water. So there is there is ca- uh, livestock there, Robin. Okay. Maybe they all live in nice warm barns. Maybe. I have a book called The Farm Book I read to all the children, and those cows weren't in a farm. They were out in the cold. Do they? Do people in snow? <laughs> wait, do they? This is so ignorant. I feel so dumb. Do they wear those big snowshoes, you know, that look like tennis rackets? Yeah. <laughs> like, How do you do- get your mail? Like, do they wear those to a store and then everybody <laughs> takes them off and they're setting out there? <laughs> we don't know. They have big oh, snowshoe racks. Yeah, and like, do they say, oh, these are um, Jalopper. This is Jalopper brand. Oh, really? I got Kobe brand. <laughs> I think Kobe's sturdier for the bigger gal. Yeah. We'd have to get that brand. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do they all have them out there? And the children, do they clip them up to the school? How do the kids get to school? Remember on Charlie Brown, they walk. (laughs) That's our reference for snow, Charlie Brown. Well, on Charlie Brown, they all walked. You know, who knows? I think that's where I got the want to live there. How in heaven's name did we ever get on snow? I don't know, but... I don't know. And Jeff, you know, his family had that cabin in Shaver with no heater. Oh, really? So every time I went, I got so sick. The thing is, is, yeah, you have a fireplace, people, but let's come on the third day of it burning constantly. (laughs) Right. Freezing cold. And then you go out and get the snow and they would put maple syrup on it. And eat it. I'm like, what are these kukas doing? Oh, okay. I don't know. It was so cold. And that's just shaver. Yeah. We couldn't do it. 
Do people who primarily live in snow have air conditioners? I'm going to say no. I Probably not, I would imagine, because then how hot does it get in the summertime? Yeah. I'm going to say no, and I'm going to say most of them don't have a, a um, swimming pool. Yeah, probably not. I used to work for a doctor that lived in I don't know where. It was snowy. Mm-hmm. And her dad would have water and make her little ice thing in the backyard oh. for her to ice skate. Oh, cute. How long does the water come out? Mm-hmm. It's got to freeze, too. Yeah. Do pipes burst a lot? I think so, because that cabin up at the... Oh. That was in Bass Lake. Oh. That's even not very much snow. Yeah. Listen, my parents had a cabin. The day the snow started coming, my dad was like, we're getting out of here. <laughs> Let's go. This is crazy. And one time, I don't know, it snowed overnight or something, and you would have thought the world was ending. Like, we're getting out of here. <laughs> I was an adult by then. Yeah. Like, okay. And see, there's no, a lot of people don't have air conditionings in Bass Lake. Yeah, I guess, yeah, it would be silly. That would be silly, huh? And that's California. Yeah. Maybe someone will invite us to a snow one day. Oh. We've got to go out of the state. Yeah, like real snow. Yeah, maybe Nevada even isn't enough. we got to experience this. Yeah. we got to put that on our list, Robin. Okay. I have to be supplied with food items to make stuff, though, wherever I'm at, because I can't just sit. No. Oh, let's look outside. Oh. That's not you. No. I'll run around the house. <laughs> you know, whatever. We, we're, hopefully someone will send us some information, people, please. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know anybody except that doctor that yeah. lived in the snow. Yeah. Does it snow in Michigan? I would imagine, yeah. The That's Great Midwest, Lakes and all huh? that? Okay. That all freezes over, doesn't it? Robin, the guess is as good as mine. I have no idea, but if we ever went, we would have to know where we're stepping. Oh, yeah. Because you and I would probably... I wonder if it gets old after a while. I'm sure. We're like, oh, what's the... Oh, it's snowing. What's the weather tomorrow? Oh, it's snowing. And, like, here the heat gets... Yeah. Like, we're done. The same. Like, it's the monotony. Yeah. It's like, okay... Uh, June to October. Yeah. You got a lot of triple digits. Yeah, you got to, if you're going to swim, you get out there at nine. Mm-hmm. And get your pool deep so it doesn't stay, get hot. Mm-hmm. I have another question. Yeah. Do you have funerals in the snow? Well, people pass. Well, no, that's my, like, people die. And then, like, if you haven't heard from Uncle Jim. You'd have to go check on Uncle Jim. Someone's going to have to check on Uncle Jim. Yeah, and, yeah, they have funerals. Like, they outdoor? Have to. No, I don't think outdoor. So you don't have services outside? Who's burying the bodies? Oh, you mean at the cemetery yeah, site? Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Like oh, yeah, c- I'm sure. You can't just have eight months' worth of bodies piled up, and then, and then no. all of a sudden you've got... 20,000 bodies to bury. Yeah. These are questions we need to know. (laughs) Answers we need. All right. How in the world did we ever get started on this? I don't know even. I don't know. Well, we did, and we love everybody. We do. God bless. God bless, and I hope you guys have a great day. Yes. Thank you. Thank you.